Well, hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the very first recap edition of uh, These Are the Voyages. Um, I'm the captain. I'm Captain Chase McKinney, and I'm joined by the noble and most excellent good sir, Lieutenant Commander Eric. How are you? How are you? I'm doing good. Good. How are you? I'm doing peachy keen and A-OK. So, um, Eric, we're going to be talking about Picard today, aren't we? We are. Brand new episode of a brand new show. Lots of excitement going on here, and I'm really excited to do this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so for anyone that's been living under a rock um, the last, you know, year and a half, uh, Patrick Stewart is and has returned to his uh, next generation role of Captain Jean-Luc Picard in a brand new CBS All Access uh, web series, basically, as I guess what they're calling it these days, just a web series, um, in the show called Star Trek Picard. And it just premiered uh, in the U.S. on Thursday, January 23rd. And uh, we know there's going to be 10 episodes. And this first episode was called Remembrance. And uh, anyway, it... it I, That's I, a pretty appropriate title, I think. Remembrance. Yes. If you watch this episode, that's a really appropriate title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, I think it was a very appropriate title. I wasn't too sure what to expect because, like, the title kind of threw me off, and I felt kind of old, you know, reading that title. <laughs> well, I mean, the show is thirty years old, isn't it? Yeah, it premiered uh, nineteen eighty-seven, so we're talking thirty-two years. That's how old I am. Yeah, that's how old we are. Yeah. <laughs> we are old people. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Anyway. It's only about how old you feel, right? Yeah. That's that's what they say. That's what a lot of people say. That's what they say. Yeah. So, you know, we've we've talked about this before on the main show, and we're still going to do main shows. We're still going to do TRTV news and everything. Uh, this is going to be the first of a series of, you know, recap and engaging with the 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 show and the material and this has taken me back and maybe even Eric back to our old days in high school and college whenever we would talk uh, talk about shows that we were watching at the time so uh, anyway here we are again doing it all over again but instead of instant messenger we have microphones and webcams yeah that was that was the genesis for this show right we would watch 24 and then as soon as the episode would be over we'd go to I that to aim yep right those, those youngins who don't know what AIM is, and we just talk back and forth about the episode every week. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, the technology's gotten a lot better, and we can we can actually talk to each other and just set a rapid text. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. So uh, I, I think we've definitely talked about that uh, at least two or three times at different points in the, the episodes that we've recorded together. So... Uh, so anyways, let's just jump right into this and just start talking about Star Trek Picard. So, you know, I don't even know where to begin with this other than I just really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as some of the things that I've been reading online. If you go to IMDb, there's a lot of 10-star reviews okay. for this episode, which I think this episode is good. Uh, I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. But I would give it probably a solid seven and a half. Okay. Okay. So, 
so you'd give it about a seven and a half. And for me, uh, my I'm probably going to give it a little bit of a higher rating. I'm probably going to give it like a nine and a quarter. Oh wow, that's high. So uh, let me let me just kind of talk about like uh, let me just go ahead and get like some of my bad out of the way with with this show. So the thing that I wasn't too crazy about was uh, the Borg cube. So and and this is just kind of nitpicky. The Borg cube that we see in the final shot. So I know we're just at the beginning. <laughs> But the final shot of the Borg cube, for some reason, it just looked really small to me. It didn't look as as large as it normally does, and, and I don't know if it was just the, the angle of, of the shot or whatnot, but I guess that was just the only thing that I wasn't too crazy about. No, I think you're probably right that it looks small when you see the, the ships fly out of it at the end. Mm-hmm. They don't look terribly much smaller than the cube mm-hmm. and you know we've seen the board cube up against other ships like the enterprise d and it just dwarfs it but but one thing that we know the romulans tend to build big ships like the main romulan ship the d daredex class the thing with the big head and then the empty space between the wings mm-hmm. that ship is huge Right. Whenever we saw it compared to the Enterprise, yes, it was just enormous. So maybe the Romulan ships are just big. Maybe. And then what? Whatever. I, I wish I knew like the class of of uh, you know starship or whatever it was that was flying into the hangar bay. But I mean that looked kind of small-ish too. It looked it looked transporty. Yeah, like a shuttle, like a shuttle pod type of thing for the Romulans or. Or whoever it belonged to, right? I mean, because we had uh, Harry Treadway's character, I think, is what we're led to believe is the one that's flying that and kind of docking that that shuttle pod or that ship inside the Borg cube at the very end. Yeah, that, that looks about right. So, anyway, so uh, that was that was one of the things. How about how about you with like your your seven and a half? My main issue with this episode is the pacing. I think it was incredibly fast-paced. And I I know they wanted to get this whole thing out there in 45 minutes to make it seem like a normal episode. But this episode, you could have taken this same story and easily expanded it to 55 or 60 or 70 minutes. Right, and just let it take its time and breathe and unfold at a more natural pace. I just really thought everything just happened so fast. Okay. And see, for me, there were, and this is interesting because there were times that I thought this this was going slow, uh, especially like at the beginning, like with all the vineyard stuff and trying to get Picard to just like move around and and do whatever it is he was going to do so uh, but that's that's okay um i guess i guess when i say the pacing was too fast like we were we like we were teased in the trailers i'll say about you know the mysterious dodge and there's going to be mysterious but in the end there really was no mystery because he figured everything out 
incredibly fast. That's kind of what I mean with the pacing issues. Okay. It took it took Picard almost no time to figure out who she was and where she came from. Sure. So And I just kind of wish they had let that you know expanded on that and it didn't happen. Yeah. Boom 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 boom. I get what you're saying with that. So let's let's talk for a second. Let's kind of, you know, kind of reverse this cuz we're kind of at the end of the episode for right now. Let's kind of go to the the beginning, okay? So and by the beginning, I mean like 10 minutes in when we get the the title sequence and and the intro music. What'd you think of of that title and that intro music that we were hearing and seeing. It, it was kind of like a non-entity for me, just like kind of like Discovery's intro and title is kind of boring okay. and not rememberable. To me, I this was not interesting to me. Okay. It's, it's better than Deep Space Nine's intro, which is <laughs> god-awful, right? But it's not, it's not the next generations, it's not Voyagers, and it's not controversial, I don't think it's going to be controversial like Enterprises was. I think we're just, just uh, this is the title music. You never know, there could be lyrics that drop in like episode three or four for all we know. With maybe a little banjo <laughs> or something. <laughs> We're going to country bumpkin it up in season two. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of fiddle action going on instead of a cello. I don't know. What did you think of this title music? I know music is an important thing for you as it relates to Star Trek. That's one of the big reasons why you, you like First Contact is because its music is fantastic. So what did you think of this? So I really I really enjoyed the music, and it, was, it, it had that classic feel to it, and you know that or at least I know that that uh, Picard is a very classic and classy individual. So it had that that uh, I think the depth and the vibe of of Picard was kind of captured in you know the first few bars that we're hearing of of the intro music, and then uh, and then once we hit the cello uh, around like bar I don't know seven eight or nine maybe. Uh, I don't know what the sheet music even looks like, but when the cello happened, I was like, okay, I like this. And then seeing the graphics behind it, um, and for anyone that's watched Discovery and paid some attention to their their intro um, stuff, like for the season, there are some Easter eggs that we'll see in the intro that's going to be connected in some way to what we're going to experience in the season. So... I say that to say that look, hearing and experiencing the music and coupled with uh, like the the neuro whatever the positronic cells or whatever stuff you see that and you know once you watch it I've I've watched Picard three times so you know the first time I'm like okay what is this stuff but then like I noticed like after watching it like oh that's kind of important which makes me wonder about some things. Um, even more moving forward. So, to answer your your, your question, um, I really liked it, and I thought that it it set the tone for the show. I mean, that's kind of what the music's supposed to do. You're, it, you're there's supposed to be some kind of anticipation, and the music behind it is supposed to uh, maybe create the type of emotional uh, preparation that you need 
for this adventure that you're going on. So the fact that it's more serious and subdued, I thought they did a good job of that, especially with what we see with with Picard and where he's going and what he's going to be doing just in this first episode. You know, with with shaking some of the rust off, uh, you can very much see that him waking up and going about his day-to-day existence now. So, And then the little flourish at the very end with the next-gen little flute action was was awesome. I love that. That was really in-depth into some musical theory there, talking about the bars and everything, and I know nothing about music. Um, <laughs> but I, I would agree. I like I like the, the somber tone of it. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that's fitting, but... Especially when you con- contrast it to the next generation music, which is all up tempo, right? And and this is reflective of a different time and a different person, really. So I like that. But in the end, I don't think this is going to be memorable like the next generation's theme music is. Sure, sure. Or Voyager's theme music, for that matter. So you mentioned you 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 joke about the whole music theory thing, or, or you point that out and stuff, and. You know, the thing about that, like, and, and that's the one thing I listen to is just, I mainly listen to, like, orchestral arrangements, um, you know, scores and things like that. I don't really listen to much in the way of, of vocal singing anymore, so just call me old and an old codger for it. But that's just me. So, like, I'll, I'll pay attention. <laughs> I'll pay attention to, like, uh, like, for anyone that's played, like, Uncharted, for example, on PlayStation or uh, Tomb Raider. You know, um, any of the Tomb Raider games, like original all the way up to the more recent reimagining ones, just any video game, any movie score, TV score, I'm paying attention to it and I'm trying to take notice of what kind of emotional tone are they trying to convey? What is, what is the arranger trying to convey uh, when he or she is writing this stuff and having it, having like, you know, like a, like a mellophone? Um, you know, blast a blast a note compared to, you know, using a stringed instrument or a woodwind instrument or a percussion instrument, and you know the choice. I'm, I'm thinking of the choices that they're making, and that's me being a, a, a music nerd in that regard. But you know, why would they choose an oboe instead of a clarinet, or why would they choose a cello instead of a violin, and the depth of a note that you can get with those instruments? So, anyway, I could talk about this wow, for a while, that, but I won't. Was- that, that was intense. I um, <laughs> <laughs> I just I guess I don't pay that much attention to the music. I thought I did, but after hearing that, wow. Sorry, Eric. <laughs> wow, making making me out to be the amateur here. You know, I did take music theory at Mott Community College, so you know I'm I'm learned real good. Hey, I'm a math guy, and music is all math, isn't it? So they say. I don't know. Anyway, well, re- regardless, um, you know we have. We, so, we t- have- so talk to me about this intro for a sec while we're on the intro. Sure. Did you like the placement of it in regards to where it came in the episode? Because I almost thought it came too late. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to see the intro come before the introduction of Dodge, right? That whole scene with Dodge in her apartment, mm-hmm. right? The intro happens right after that. I would have preferred that the intro came right before that scene, right? Where we just see Picard's dream with Data, and then he wakes up, looks over the vineyard, and he says something like, 
oh, all right, or something, and then cut to the intro. What did you think about the placement of it? I can agree with that, that maybe the, you know, the title card and everything came a little, little late. I think that, you know, if we would have had it maybe around there or maybe, yeah, maybe around there. I'm starting to get things a little out of place because uh, because because it was wait, like wait, wait, was, seven or seven or eight minutes into the episode, it, which is very long time. Was okay. Hold on, let's back up for a second. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but the arrangement of this was where uh, we we open up and we're on the old Enterprise D, the 1701D. Uh, Picard and Data are playing poker together, and when they're playing poker. You know, they're kind of joking and, and joking around, having a good time together. Picard says, I know you have a tell. And then he says he's all in. Five queens are shown. Five queen of hearts. Five queen of hearts. Queen of yeah. hearts, yes, are, are shown. And then he's confused because then they're like, we're not supposed to be at Mars. And then Mars is exploding. Data gives like a weird, eerie, weird, creepy, like, creepy look. Creepy, creepy look at him, like, yeah. creepy as heck, man. And then... And then he wakes up, number one licking his face, number one being his pet dog, not Riker. Yeah, not Riker. And from there, he's kind of strolling around, walking the vineyard. and No, but th- then he just gets up and look, opens his doors and looks out the window. Is that when it cuts just, to Dodge? And the, yeah, we just see he opens his window, he looks out on the vineyard, and then he, it shows a close-up of his face, and he says something, like, all right or okay. And then it cuts to the skyline in Boston. Okay, yeah. With the whole Dodge apartment sequence. So with that, yeah, I could I could get on board with, you know, even if we didn't see Picard wake up, you know, if if like he's freaking out, and then it like just kind of fades to black or fades to white or something, and then like it it fades into, you know, the title sequence. That that could be okay, but I, I mean the way it's done is the way it's done, and and that's totally fine. Uh, and then we meet Dodge. So let's let's um, talk about Dodge. So she's hanging out with her boyfriend that can do some like weird, funky things with his eyes because he's an alien. And yeah. uh, we were talking alien. I don't think we've ever seen that alien race before, have we? Not that I know of. I don't even think it showed up on JJ Trick. Yeah, I don't know who that is. But he's trying to order like a vanilla shake or a vanilla frappuccino. I'm wondering if it was like the Chick-fil-A recipe or or what it was. I've, I don't know. I've never been to a Chick-fil-A in my life. I just thought what? it was funny. A f- a f- I've not, they, uh, it's not like something that I care to do. But like I just thought it was funny how like they're sitting there having a nice moment, drinking wine, and then he goes to the replicator and it's like, your replicator is seriously lacking on recipes here. Right. It's just funny. It's a funny scene to me. Which I is, like it. Which is crazy because I, I guess, like, uh, you know, starships get, like, all the recipes and apartments don't. <laughs> well, I think it's all about what you program into yours, your replicator. <laughs> eh. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, maybe she just deleted everything else because she didn't like anything else. And that's all she wanted was her vanilla frappuccino thing. <laughs> Whatever it was. <laughs> Whatever it was, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. 
But then, what happens? We get some Jason Bourne-type sequence, right? Yes. Where we have no memory of what we are, and then, boom, all of a sudden, we're a fighting machine. Yep. What'd you think of that? Very Jason Bourne-like, right? Yeah, I was, I was like, wait, activated? Like, we got, like, some, like, Manchurian candidate, like, super secret spy thing going on? Like, hasn't been activated? What is this nonsense? Yeah, yeah, very Manchurian candidate. That's a that's a good uh, that's a good analogy right there. I think. But like, yeah, she just mops him with the floor, man. Like, I mean, mops the not mops him with the floor, mops the floor with him. There we go. Words are hard yeah. sometimes. Yeah, there were there were three of them that she just like takes out. Yeah, and then she's wearing some kind of like holographic sunglasses or. Eyepieces or something. I think those those were those are. I thought those were supposed to be some type of like restraint device. Maybe. I don't know why they would put them on her if it wasn't meant to be like some kind of restraint. Mm-hmm. So the thing that I'm wondering about that particular scene, and you know maybe we'll find out more because we know we're only in in episode one right now, and I am looking forward to to episode or the future episodes. I don't want to have that be a mystery i am legitimately looking forward to it oh oh i'm i'm looking forward to him as well very much so i'm just wondering how in the world did dodge with a bag over her head you know use the force and (laughs) (laughs) you like that uh, that's 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 kind of what it looked like wasn't it (laughs) reach out (laughs) Reach out. <laughs> well, I. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the force will be with you, always. Yeah, the force was. The force was with her. Yeah, live long and prosper. Un- all other until, stuff. Un- until it wasn't, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it was. It was kind of cool. Uh, it with with her being able to do that but it was also kind of odd like okay i i want there to be some mystery with this character because i don't want to know everything all at once and i think that's that's fair with any character don't don't dump all the info all the lore on a character on me all at once and and i guess that's that's kind of what i was saying with the the pacing issue is that we learned everything about dodge in the the span of 30 minutes Mm mm-hmm yeah, and it was just it was just too much. Which I think is it's going to be interesting to see how it plays with her sister. You have a twin sister. More Star Wars for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, lots of Star Wars in this, and uh, <laughs> I I think I think if we get to some closing remarks when we do. Yeah. Um, there's probably a little bit of Star Wars I can throw in here too, okay. so I'll tease that for you. Ooh, you're such a tease! Oh my gosh! All right, moving on. So, <laughs> so, 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 I don't, do you just want to like talk about Dodge here, or do you want to keep going in order of the episode? Yeah, let's let's go ahead and camp out on Dodge, and maybe we can just like talk about like the rest of her story that we you know for for this episode since we're on her. Uh, so. We, we kind of missed. Was there a moment? Was there a moment where you thought Dodge was lol? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I totally thought that that's what was going to happen. 
Yeah. And I I was thinking, even before the show aired, I'm like, I'm wondering if they cast her because she strikes some resemblance with Lol. I was wondering that. And we we find out, and I think uh, it's it's probably no secret by now that this is not a spoiler-free episode. No, spoilers abound here. Yeah, there's like spoilers upon spoilers upon spoilers. So, I mean, it sucks to be you if you haven't watched it yet. Yeah, don't 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 listen to this episode if you haven't seen uh, <laughs> episode one of Picard. Yeah, we're we're twenty some odd minutes in, and <laughs> we're just now making that announcement. All right, so I, but maybe you should in po- in post you should put like a spoiler recap. I can do that. Yeah, yeah. Like this is not spoiler free. Okay, if you if you didn't hear it at the beginning, you've now heard it twenty some odd minutes in. That uh, this is not spoiler free, so there you go. Uh, just having a good old time, folks. Anyway, so I think there was before we talk about Dodge. I think there was one uh, perhaps important thing to maybe talk about before with Picard before we really get into Dodge. Um, so Picard is is he's in retirement. He's reti- he's a retired admiral. We find out that's been 14 years since he retired uh, from Starfleet. And he hasn't really spoken to anyone except for like you know his Romulan aides or whatever yeah, his, whatever they are. His, his housekeeper and his yeah, butler, right? Basically, yeah. His uh, his new Boothby and you know Alfred, I guess. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So there's there's an interview that's scheduled uh, with Picard, and uh, there's a promise that there's not going to be any mention of certain bits and one thing that I've noticed and I don't know if you've noticed this as well Eric but when it comes to um, someone that's like looking in the mirror uh, a lot uh, or more frequently they're the ones that are typically going to be the aggressor that are going to try and get under the person's skin so uh, I think we've seen that like in Discovery for one I think we've seen that in other iterations of Star Trek to a certain extent, and we see this news reporter who's, we flat out see her in like some kind of holographic mirror or screen or something. Yeah, doing her makeup or whatever. Yeah, choosing her favorite, you know, cover photo background. I don't know, whatever she's doing. And she gets... A getting her getting her Snapchat filter right. That's right, yeah. I didn't see, I didn't see like, a, you know, the, the pooch, the puppy face with the tongue or anything, which was probably good. But <laughs> yeah, that's probably good. Yeah, it's probably good. You're on you're on the news and everything. You don't want that. But so she gets a rise out of Picard, and this is being televised like everywhere. And by everywhere, I mean Boston, where Dodge is. Yeah. Well, didn't you say like let's welcome a million people into your study? Yeah. Welcome the galaxy into your study. Oh, the galaxy. She said the galaxy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that there, you you really see some Captain Picard just jump out and you, that was one thing I was concerned about like with his conviction like were we going to still get like some of the same convictions with Picard and then I saw him and how he spoke about the situation he didn't just say he didn't just concur Romulan lives he said lives and he didn't just say you know something he always brought it back to like the moral good the moral right and then not wanting to just stand by sit you know sit by whatever while all this stuff happens that Starfleet wasn't willing to do. So his convictions and his moral compass are still there uh, from when when I believe we left him last in uh, Nemesis. So, But it was that 
that um, exchange that really precipitated Dodge appearing to Picard in earnest because like she had the flash in her little ninja Manchurian candidate Jason Bourne scene and then reaching out with the force right yeah the force will be with you always anyway yeah and then and then right and then she saw she was walking the streets and she saw the the she saw this news broadcast and that's what really brought her to Picard right and she just like the ticker the name bar whatever said Chateau Picard France I think is what it said so, I mean, that kind of narrows it down, like, where to go. Like, maybe maybe he's not in Boston. Yeah, maybe he's not in Boston. But, you know, I think you're right. I I have a lot of issues with that news scene. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I really like is that Picard was always known for being the moral compass and the fiery speech giver. And while he didn't give, like, a big speech here... I really did think that that showed that this is still the character that we all knew and loved. He's just a little bit older, but he's still going to be the guy that we 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 want to associate with who has this great moral compass. Mm-hmm. So, fun Easter egg. I don't know if you noticed it in any of your viewings. You said that you've seen it twice? I've seen it twice, yeah. Okay, so I don't know if you noticed this in your second viewing. Or even in your first. But the room that they're in, right? If you you can just barely see it, uh, or it's it's there or anyways, but in a in a scene prior to what I'm about to say, you can you can see the painting hanging up already before it's actually revealed. No, I actually did not notice that. Yes. Yeah. So fun little fun little uh Easter egg, I guess, to look for on on subsequent viewings for anyone that might uh, might have not have noticed it the second or third time. Don't you think? Don't you think though? It's a little like fortunate, I guess, is the word I'll use. That he had that exact painting hanging up in his study. Like of all the paintings that Data did, this is the one that's hanging up on his study thirty years later. Yeah, that's a little that's a little fortunate, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. So let's keep on trucking with Dodge. I know we kind of took like a little time out there for a second. So let's talk about Dodge now in earnest. So she appears to Picard. I need your help. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope type of thing. More Star Wars for you. Yep, that's 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 what it reminded me of. <laughs> Guys, I really did like this episode. I promise. I'm not. No, I did, too. I did, too. I liked it. Uh so he's he and she runs away in the middle of the night here earl gray always helps like yes it does i'm drinking it right now as we're talking about it and the next day but it has to be decaf earl gray this time decaf tea earl gray decaf no thank you no i'm going to stick with my tea earl gray hot which we know is regular so he ends up going to uh starfleet archives or i think it was just called starfleet archives yeah, and then the the individual thing is called the Quantum Archive. Mm-hmm. And it's like his own secret stash of toys, basically. His own secret nostalgia trove. Yes. I mean, that, that scene right there is pure fan service nostalgia. I loved right? we see, the crap we see, out of it. We see, 
We see the Stargazer, we see the Captain's Yacht, Batleth, the Captain Picard Day Banner. Just pure fan service nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I love the crap. And I don't have a, I don't have a problem with that. I'm not that's nothing wrong with that at all. So when we don't don't think that's what I'm saying. When we got to that room, were you looking for the flute? I was. I was looking once I saw all the other stuff, I was absolutely looking for the flute. Mm-hmm. But my guess is that he probably has the flute somewhere in his house, not in storage. I would hope so, because like that was a deeply personal artifact for him. Well, I mean, he kept the flute in his ready room yeah. on board the Enterprise, not in his quarters. Yeah. I mean, I think that tells you all you need to know about how important that was to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, but I was definitely looking for it. I was like, where is it? Where is it? Where's the flute? Guys, where's the flute? Uh... So we, we see the Stargazer uh, little model. We see, um, I saw the Enterprise E model um, off, kind of tucked away. If you, you, get, you, if you blinked, you'd miss it, basically. Uh, yeah, but then when he was looking at the, when he was actually looking at the painting in the background, there was the Enterprise D yep. on the wall. Yep. So we, we get a little nugget, and you, you, you mentioned this uh, just a, a moment ago, Eric, that this painting was created by Lieutenant Commander Data circa 2369. So for anyone wondering when that might be, did you ever look this up, Eric, when 2369 was? Well, well, the, sh- the show started in, in the season one finale. Data says this is 2364. So we're looking at season five of the next generation. So I was looking it up, 2369, a majority of the episodes are mainly in season six, but yeah, like, okay. Yeah. Like five, season five, six ish, maybe even early seven ish is kind of like the time frame that we're looking at for when this painting was potentially created. Mm-hmm. And that was also the time that we were being introduced to deep space nine. We've talked about, we've talked about deep, deep space nine a lot. And uh, so, you know, that's it's going to be interesting to it, it could have been like one of those off screen things. I mean, it had to have been. But just like looking back at season six storylines of anything in particular that would have been maybe important or that would have maybe driven data to, to you know, create this piece of art. Well, I know we just mentioned Law, and that episode where he creates Law was in season three. Right. So, called The Offspring. Um, so, I'm thinking back, end of season five, beginning of season six, does anything jump out at me that going on with Data? I mean, what was it? Honestly, honestly, like, I know the Times Arrow episode, where is the end of season five beginning of season six nothing from that would strike me why data would maybe go make a painting of this i mean we get at the beginning of season six we get that relics episode where scotty comes back Mm -hmm. but nothing nothing really jumps out at me that would be happening with data to make him draw that painting at that moment in time what about you not really. I mean, Time's Arrow, I know it's not everyone's favorite, but that is like probably one of the two parters that I watched the most. I really. I, no, Time's Arrow was definitely an enjoyable episode. It's a lot of fun. I love Time's Arrow. I love the heck out of it. And that's really the, the main one that, that sticks out. 
I mean, we kind of have... I mean, Descent isn't even until end of season six. That's the season six finale. So, uh, I mean, there are memorable data episodes and data moments in five and six, but nothing, like, like you're saying, nothing's really jumping out at the moment. So, anyway, we getting back to, to Dodge and actually talking about Dodge. So, we find out this painting has a title that was created circa 2369, whenever the heck that falls, and Picard asks this holographic index, the um, emergency uh, index um, hologram, I guess, the EIH or whatever it's called, I don't know. <laughs> and she says that it's, it's called Daughter and that it was created by Lieutenant Commander Data, which kind of, you know, gets Picard thinking even more about, wait a tick, what's going on, dude? And it evolves into Picard eventually talking with Dodge because Dodge finds him using her super duper force powers and, uh, you know, and being able to get to him quickly that, you know, we think that you might be, you know, part Android, part human somehow, which I said it, didn't I? I said I I had one theory like that, that but Bruce Maddox was going to try and and do something with humans and positronic brains or Borgs and positronic brains. Yeah, wow. Like, we just did our last episode and we did Best of Picard and we talked about the essential episodes and we both had Measure of a Man in our essential episodes. And we both knew that it was going to be important, but damn, I did not realize they were going (laughs) to drop that episode on us right away. God, I mean, like... I would say I would say the measure of a man so far is the most essential episode, mm-hmm. right? Because they just dropped everything from that episode right on us. Yep. Yep. Man. Yeah. And 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 you're totally right. You did say that, and I kind of concurred that, you know, you know, Commander Maddox wanted to basically reverse engineer data, and we said, well, maybe he reached the point where he succeeded. Mm-hmm. And and as a result of watching this show, it's th- this first episode, it's gotten me to th- to really think about what like some of the end episodes or near the end episodes could look like for this season. So we'll we'll talk about some of the tech here in just a, just a little bit. But we we think we've we, we've been led to believe this entire time that Dodge is you know, one of the central characters uh, or, or principal actors or characters of the show. And after going to the museum and, you know, tr- getting winded going up some stairs and stuff, she goes boom. Yeah, like we we were like we were told like Issa Briones. I, I that's I don't know if that's how you pronounce Issa it. Issa Briones. Okay, okay, Brionis. Yep. She was one of the principal actors, and she was gonna. She was listed as being in eight of the ten episodes. So we were led to believe that Dodge would be incredibly important. So when Dodge blows up there, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Back the truck up. What's just happening? Wait, wait, what just happened? So that was a big surprise, yeah. right? But that whole scene on the roof, like... I don't like that scene on the roof. The fight choreography there, I think, is really bad. I think the editing is not very good. And I realize, you know, 
not every fight scene and all the fight choreography can't be, you know, Daredevil quality, right? Daredevil on Netflix, which is just sure. amazing fight choreography. Not not everything can be that high level, but I just the editing there, the the fight choreography when like she like jumps in the air and like flies up the stairs almost like again using the force almost (laughs) (laughs) i just i just did not did not like that what do you think um i think the only thing that i like i didn't like about the that sequence or like you know that like those one or two scenes or whatever it was was I, i understand that picard is literally 90 years old in this because he was born in 2309 I'm pretty sure uh, so he's he's 90 because this is in this is 2399 so I know that he's old and that Patrick Stewart is 79 or 80 or something like that so he's not going to have the same pep and get up and go as he did you know in the, the movies and TV show but you just see how frail he is and that kind of just I didn't like that um, you know, like getting winded. Yeah, yeah. He can't can't even walk upstairs, right? Yeah, that I didn't like that. And you know, Dodge saying, "Get down, hide," and he's like ducking below like a like a, a bench, bench or something. something. Yeah. But I mean, it, it at the same time it makes sense for his character because his character's ninety. You know, what ninety year olds are really going to be running upstairs and and stuff like that? They're not going to have the same virili- yeah, but, virility but, but, as but they you- would. You think of a 90-year-old from today, you've got to think 90-year-olds, right, 400 years in the future. Yeah. Which is, yeah, that's... With all the, advance, with all the advances in medical technology that we have. Yeah. That we, that we think we might have. And, and what was it? Bones, he shows up on the very first episode, the pilot episode of TNG, and he's like, what, 130, 140-something years old? Yeah, Data says his exact age, right, yeah. in that in that scene I forget exactly how old he was but something like 130 yeah, yeah. so uh, I, that was like the only thing I didn't like and then I was like whoa we're doing some big jumping that's a lot of jumping right there it was a force jump yeah man and the the when the one Romulan biker dude fell off the the staircase and he was like beamed out I was like that totally takes me back to gosh which one was that was that um 2009 Star Trek with uh, or was that beyond with uh, them falling and beaming oh no it was it was 2009 Star Trek where Scotty is trying to beam um, I think it was Kirk and Sulu when they were falling off that little drilling platform or whatever right that, to- yeah. that totally reminds that scene it looked like it was like a shot for shot type of thing uh, with like the falling and the beaming and stuff but yeah. Did you ex- did you expect those those bad guys in hoods to be Romulans there? No. Or did that surprised you. That totally surprised me. I expected it to be synths. I expected it to be like those white lurch-looking androids that we were seeing in the trailers. That's who I thought these well, folks were the entire time. I actually did expect them to be Romulans because there's a scene where they break into Dodge's apartment at the beginning and they're speaking in an alien language and then one of them says, "Speak English." Well, Okay, let me. To be fair, yes, I, I knew that the black, you know, dressed folks were Romulan. I guess in the beginning, based on hearing that, but I also kind of had this thought, like, 
Okay, we know that the Romulans have taken over a Borg cube somehow, and we know that there's synthetics that are playing a part and that they're potentially on this Borg cube. So I thought there was like some kind of alliance and they all wore the same clothing. So that's kind of, that. W I, I should have clarified that. I'm sorry about that, Eric. So I, I thought that attack that happened um, there in San Francisco was synths dressed in black biker gear. Okay, that's fair enough. I understand what you're saying. And it makes sense that that there might be some alliance between the Romulans and the Synths. Sure. Right. So then we... Following that, like, Picard gets, like, excited, and he still goes to the Daystrom Institute, which I was very excited to finally see the Daystrom Institute after hearing about it forever, 30-something years. Yeah, we heard about it forever, but also... We also saw Dr. Daystrom in the original series episode, right? The Ultimate Computer. Yes. But, yeah, but we never saw where the Daystrom Institute was or anything like that. And then when I heard Okinawa, I was like, what? Okay. Well, I mean, it's right across the ocean from, from Starfleet Academy. Yeah, why not? Starfleet Headquarters, yeah. you know? Just right across the ocean. Quick, it's quick little hop. It's fine. I mean, in the 24th century, just hop in the Pacific Ocean can't be a big deal. <laughs> Right? Yeah. And so, okay, so we we saw Allison, we met Al, um, Allison Pill's character, um, Dr. Girardi. I think is how you pronounce it, Girardi? Girardi? Yeah, Dr. Dr. Agnes Girardi. Girardi, there we go. And I have, um, maybe, I don't know if I should say it now or later. I'll say it now. Why not? We're talking about her. I'm half wondering if she's a synth. Huh. I never would have thought that. Tell me why do you think this? What's your what's your headspace on this one? So some of her mannerisms, um, how she's reacting to some things with Picard, um, how she's speaking with Picard, uh, the way she's talking about the synths and Bruce Maddox and be re being recruited out of Starfleet and stuff like that. Um, just like little idiosyncrasies that, that the, that the actor did, uh, get is getting me to think maybe she is a synth. Maybe there are more synths, um, that are like Dodge, which we know there are, but like beyond Dodge. Uh, so that's, that's kind of where I'm, I'm hanging out at with her. And it'd be interesting for her to not even have an awareness, much like, uh, what was it, uh, Data's mom, uh, Julie, Julia, Julian, was it Tana? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, I forget her name, um, but yeah, when Data's mom, essentially. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, if it happens, it happens. And I can say that, yeah, I called it from the beginning. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I didn't. That that thought never even crossed my mind. So that's that'll be an interesting thing to think about to to watch for as we move forward. Just to watch her mannerisms and and some of the things that she does. Mm -hmm. Huh. I'm gonna keep an eye out on that. There we go. There we go. But we see we saw B four. Okay. So 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 let yeah go ahead. Yeah, we did see B four. Let's talk about this whole sequence with Picard and Doctor Gerardi at the Daystrom Institute. Okay. I see this is this is one of the reasons this this scene in particular is one of the reasons why the episode come I gave it a seven and a half. This is some 
in my opinion, clunky, clunky dialogue and clunky exposition. And I feel like there has to be a better way to 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 get this information out there to us as an audience rather than just real clunky dialogue and exposition. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, parts of it were, sure. And I would have... I, I really hope we get to see Bruce Maddox at some point. Uh, I really I really do, too. Like, just for, like, one clip. I, that's kind of, like, one of the, the thoughts that I have moving forward is, is he'll show up somewhere. I've been, like, scouring IMDb, Wikipedia... Oh no no! They're gonna hide that from us totally. They're they're not gonna let that leak. If that's what ends up happening, if they can keep that like on the on lockdown, I'll be like super impressed, like hardcore impressed. Yeah, like, like somebody on the crew, some low level, like boom mic operator, or somebody sees them on set and like leaks it. Yeah, yeah. But the one of the things that I thought whenever this happens, like. Oh, of course we can have, you know, computer bits that can help something grow back. Of course we can. And, you know, if, if they do that, um, if they can, like, really pull that off, I mean, we're le- I mean they kind of show that they did with Dodge and, um, and whatnot, but I just thought that was a little convenient, but I like it. I, I mean, I can, I can be okay with it, but some of the dialogue was was a little clunky and and I think this was the part of the show where like it just went like from like impulse to like warp 5 for me in terms of like one scene to the next because it's like okay she just died and now it's like okay we got to we got to do daystream we got to do this we got to do this before the episode and, ends and and that that was what I that was what I meant early on when I said that the pacing it just everything just happened so so quickly mm-hmm. especially especially right once uh Picard figures out who Dodge is see i would have i would have thought that the episode would have ended like with her going boom and Picard being blown away and then that being it like wondering what the heck's going to happen next and have to wait a week to find out what's going to happen next instead of he's away i think that i th- i think that would have been a better ending than what we got but that would have been like I a- really I, re- I I really do think that this episode here needed to be like longer or shorter. Like I don't quite think it was the right length. And I know people say, "Well, what do you mean shorter? It was 40 44 minutes. That's how long an episode is." But and we're talking about Star Wars more. Uh, the Mandalorian. I don't know if you've seen that, if anybody out there listening has seen that, but all of those episodes are like 35 minutes. Yeah, and people are like, come on, man. 10 minutes more. Give us 10 minutes more. No. If we do 10 minutes more, we're probably going to like shoot ourselves in the foot. So Mandalorian did a good job. And I, I watched all, I think it was 8, 9, 10 chapters, whatever it was, for The Mandalorian. That was great. Are we turning into a Star Wars podcast, Eric? Because I'm really concerned. No, 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 no. We're not. We're crossing our streams a little bit. But Don't cross like, the streams, Eric. But we're we're definitely not turning into a Star Wars podcast. Okay, thank God. Uh, I was worried for a second. I I I am definitely not qualified to be on a Star Wars podcast. Yeah, me either. I like green lightsabers. I mean, I I watched it, and I can certainly 
enjoy it and talk about it, but nowhere near in, as in-depth as I can in Star Trek. Okay. So, yeah, so I think we've we've gotten, like, that pacing part, like, once we get to Daystrom forward, you know. But here here's the thing that, um, that I liked that is getting me to... I have a theory, another theory for how something might uh, play out towards the end of this season. So we know that Data has been this Pinocchio. He's always endeavoring to be more human and wanting to be among humans and things like that. And the closest that he ever really came, kind of, was in first contact when he was being given skin and he had his emotion chip. I would say that was probably the closest he's come, maybe. And with this, in this particular scene with Allison Pill, um, Dr. Girardi, we're told that Bruce Maddox uh, and her, I believe it was the two, had come up with this idea or this, this way of kind of splicing together like something positronic and organic and it basically being able to recreate an entire set of memories, if I'm not mistaken, and that it would just basically go from there. Okay, would you agree with that? That that is exactly what I'm thinking. Okay. Right. So here's my theory. Okay. Well, let's we'll talk again. We'll talk about Dodge and like the implications with Dodge and stuff here in a second. But here's my theory. So my other theory is that okay, if we can get a little bit of data, however small it is, however tiny of a cell it is, I think that Brent Spiner old man Spiner is going to be in this show at the end as a human data human air quotes data huh that's interesting I could definitely see that happening um that wouldn't be the way I would take the story um that wouldn't exactly necessarily be for me the best thing that they could do but I think that that's an interesting idea that I could definitely see happening, sure. Okay. Like, I I honestly, I think Brent Spiner was used perfectly in this episode. Yes. Right? And Data. I don't, I like the way that it was just two small clips, right? We're not, it's not completely just trying to be, hey, we're going to bring back the whole Next Generation crew and they're going to play major roles. This is really supposed to be just about Picard and we get Data in here just briefly and used in two perfect clips. I think that was one of the best things this episode did. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And um, so, yeah, we had the two clips. We already talked about one. We talked about him being at the beginning with the Enterprise playing poker. And then we had the second one with him being at the vineyard painting the portrait that we had also talked about uh, relating to Dodge. Now, here's the thing that we're still at the Daystrom Institute. And it's like this big reveal, like, wait a second, these synths were made in pairs. And Picard says, twins? Yes, twins. And then we are shown, we go to this Borg cube, we see this this cute little... But we don't know it's a, we don't know it's a Borg cube right away. That's true, fair enough. We go to this this outer space scene. It's called the, the Romulan Reclamation Site. Yes. So they're trying to reclaim territory that was theirs. And we see uh, Harry Treadaway's uh, character come in on his little whatever he's flying. And 
we see another dodge. Dun dun dun. Soji. So Dr. Soji Asher. I believe is her name. Yeah. Dr. Soji Asha? Something like or that. Asher. I think it was I thought, I thought, it, was, it, was, I thought it was Asha. It's Ash something. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> Dr. Soji. Yeah. And Dr. Soji is better anyway. So Let's go with that. So she she um is it sounds like she's some kind of like therapist, like a psychologist or a counselor or something. Based that's on, what it sounds like. That's what she sounds is, like. Based yeah. on how he's, he says, I know you spend all day fixing broken people and listening to their stories, and you don't want to hear more when you get off work. Mm-hmm. And she kind of flirts with him a little bit. Yeah, and, and from the previews, it looks like they're going to start some kind of romantic relationship. Yeah. But he, he, to me, totally seems like a Tel Shiar agent who's going undercover here. Right. Did you get that vibe? Yes. And um, for anyone that has not read the Countdown comics, let me just kind of connect something for you real quick. So the, the Tal Shiar are very much involved in the, the lead-up to this, this show. And, in fact, the, the two Romulans that are living at Chateau Picard with uh, Jean-Luc are actually... In uh, I think they're in they're in the two the first two issues of the Countdown comic. They were stationed at this planet where Picard's at, and they fell in love. And that's one thing you're not supposed to do when you're on an assignment with a Tal Shiar is you keep your emotions in check. You don't do any of that stuff. And they were they were like in hiding undercover for so long that they just ended up developing you know romantic feelings for one another, and that they wanted off. They wanted to escape this thing that was about to happen to this planet so you know they reach out to Picard for um, in the in the comic so there's that connection between the comic the countdown comic and uh, this episode so just wanted to draw that in case anyone that was wondering like why are there Romulans at Chateau Picard I know we're, we're jumping all over the the time stream right now but I thought that was worth mentioning since we just mentioned the Tal Shiar um, at the the Romulan site so like, I would, I mean, I think, I think, uh, like this countdown that I've never read a comic book in my life, it's supposed to serve as some kind of companion piece, but I almost think that, I don't almost think, I, I do think that the show needs to give you all of the information that you need to know on its own. You don't, I don't feel like you, you should have to go to these extra things to figure out the information. I feel like the show needs to tell you everything that you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and with this, we're we're basically at the end of the episode. Um, there's there's some bits that we probably didn't talk about, and that's okay. Um, if you've watched it, great. You'll understand what we're talking about. If you haven't watched it, what are you doing? Go watch it. Um We'd love to, to hear your thoughts, but before we wrap things up, I know, Eric, that you were talking about something earlier. You had teased it. I hope you didn't forget what it was. I did not. Okay, so you little tease. Let's hear, let's hear what you got. Well, I just kind of, this is going into all my closing remarks for this episode, which I, 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 I said I gave it a seven and a half, but I did enjoy this episode, and I was very much looking forward to it. I'm very much still looking forward to this show going on. I think it has a very interesting premise and a very interesting idea and I'll be very curious to see what direction they take it. 
my my thoughts are these though I know we're in this day and age where we have podcasts like this and other podcasts and the internet and reddit and all these places where people can go and talk about um, these shows and one of the things that people like to do is they like to talk about their theories moving forward like their theories what their thoughts were going into it what their thoughts are moving forward I don't like to do that I am not the type of person that likes to you know oh this is what I think is going to happen before the show and now seeing this first episode this is what I think is going to happen moving forward Sorry. I don't really I don't no no I just that's if you like to do that that's fine it's just something that I don't like to do because I think it 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 leads to a lot of problems. One of the things I think it ruins your enjoyment of the show, but I also think that, and this is where I, I teased and I said I'm going to bring Star Wars into this, is that when you develop a theory, you, you talk yourself into it so much that you start to think that your theory is the only theory that is valid and what you think is going to happen is what should happen. And when that doesn't happen, I think people tend to react negatively. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree, I don't know if you would agree with that or not. But but I think this happened with Star Trek with Star Wars, this new sequel trilogy, right? Which, you know, Alex Kurtzman is the creator of this show, this show, Picard, and he Alex Kurtzman went to the JJ Abrams school of writing. Yeah. Um so, <laughs> so you know, the J.J. Abrams School of Writing has set up all these mysteries, and I think Alex Kurtzman just took that idea and ran with it here, is set up mysteries. And I think that, I almost think that's the way television is done these days, is we all, everything has to be a big mystery and what happens moving forward. But getting back to this, this idea of The Force Awakens, totally set up a whole bunch of mysteries, right? Like, who is Rey? Who is Snoke? Like, is is Rey? Is she Luke Skywalker's son? Is she Obi-Wan's daughter? Excuse me, daughter. Is she Luke's daughter? Is she Obi-Wan's daughter? Is she a secret daughter of Han and Leia? And for two years, people were like, who is Rey? Who is Rey? And they were coming up with all these theories and ideas and all over the internet. And then people had convinced themselves that their idea was the right idea. Mm-hmm. And when that didn't happen in The Last Jedi, people reacted very, very negatively, right? The last, Jedi, the last Jedi, I, I don't think I've seen a Star Wars movie or a movie in recent memory that had such visceral reaction in a negative way as I've seen to The Last Jedi. And I, I'm not a big fan of that movie either, but I think a lot of that had to do with this these theories that people had and when they didn't turn out to be what actually happened, people said, oh, well, that movie is just wrong. That's not what should have happened because that's yeah. not what I wanted to have happen. That's not what I convinced myself was going to happen. So I might have a few thoughts about where I think this show is going, but I'm not going to like try and go down that rabbit hole of... of this is everything that I think is going to happen, and this is the grand theory of how I think this show is going to end. Because for me, that just 
that that doesn't appeal to me and i think that somehow ruins the enjoyment for me and maybe maybe you you disagree with me chase maybe you listening out there in the podcast world disagree with me and that's totally fine but this is just my opinion yeah yeah and and i appreciate you saying that eric and you know i've i listened to a bunch of different you know youtubers and podcasters and stuff and i think there there is a propensity for that that anger and that um, air quotes righteous indignation to happen if if something doesn't you know pan out the way that you expected it to and, and desired it to and that's that's not my intent in the least and i i don't think you're saying that about me either so no i'm not i'm not saying that about you yeah i didn't i didn't think you were and i i i think a, a theory is just good old fun just some good fun to have like you know cr- trying to see like Hmm, I wonder if I'm if I'm tracking with like the writers and like the, the storytellers and stuff like that. That's that's really all it is for me. But but yeah, like there are some YouTubers out there that I just can't listen to anymore because they they just can't be happy. They just can't enjoy something. They have to rip something apart for their own enjoyment. And um, there's one that I used to listen to, and I'm not going to state their their channel name or anything. I just, I'm just not going to out of respect. And they would, before anything would even premiere, they would just rip it apart, just hardcore rip it apart. And I'm thinking, how in the world are you? can you say that this is going to happen when you haven't seen a second of it yet? And, uh, you know, I, I, I've heard you say that you, you enjoyed this and, you know, understand that you're not too crazy about about theory crafting because you don't want to create your own head canon of how something is quote unquote supposed to happen. Um, it's supposed to happen the way it happens, and that's and that's what the storytellers want to say, and and that's well, totally well, fine. I also, I also think to some extent, like, um, you're not the person telling this story. Right. This is not your story to tell. So just because something you want to have happen didn't happen doesn't mean it's wrong Mm -hmm. you know the story happens the way the writers want it to happen because it's their story to tell and not your story Mm -hmm. i will say this in my one of my last few remarks before we wrap this up for this recap episode is that i felt like this episode as a whole was a breath a clean crisp cool breath of fresh air for star trek no, I would totally agree with that. I think I, I'm I'm right there with you. This, you know, I realize, and and we've even you and I have disagreed even to a certain extent, like with how we rate it and stuff, and how we've experienced this episode. But overall, this was a a great episode, and it was it was very refreshing for me, and it sounds like it was for you as well, uh, with some, you know, with some issues here and there, but not overwhelming, is kind of what I'm hearing you say and talk about, Eric. No, no, like like I. The episode itself only gets like a seven and a half, and that has nothing to do with the story because mm-hmm. I'm really invested in this story. My my issues come from from pacing and editing mostly. Okay, okay. So Which that's that's something that I collectively put into my rating. Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, I think I've pretty much said all I need to say for this episode. How about you? I, yeah, I just say, like, I I just want to reiterate, I enjoyed this episode, I'm very much looking forward to it, there were a few things that, 
um, had been said in interviews that had um, had me a little worried coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, some things that Patrick Stewart had said, but so far none of those worries that I had have have come forward. Okay. Like I had a distinct, like a distinct big worry, and I know we kind of we kind of talked about this a little bit, like um, before, and and I think most of the people listening will know what I'm talking about with this interview that Patrick Stewart gave and I'm glad to see that my worries have been um, put aside at least for now yeah absolutely absolutely well uh, thank you everyone for you know listening to us today as we talk about our impressions um, as we recap this first episode of Star Trek Picard uh, season one episode one remembrance eric as always thank you for for being a good sport and uh doing this with me yeah thanks for having me um i'm glad to talk about this show with you absolutely all right well guys we'll um we have a a a regular episode coming out on monday january 27th it's gonna be called an admiral visit i sit down and uh, meet and chit chat with uh uh someone that i have a lot of respect for uh, as he talks about Star Trek himself. So uh, make sure you check that out on Monday, January 27th. And um, hope you guys have enjoyed this. Uh, as always, remember you can get in contact with us uh, through social media, through email, all that stuff. Uh, we're all at TRTV Pod. That's on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you found the page, you found the group, just hit go to group and join it. Conversation continues there. We have a great community that we're building. Remember, if you want to get in contact with us, you can. Uh, open hailing frequencies and emails at trtvpod at gmail.com you can also send a voice only communication to 817-752-4757 remember there's a three minute time limit and your comments may be used on an upcoming episode and finally if you want to send us anything like you know gold press latinum anything like that that's great some uda berries doesn't matter or a letter slip strips or bars anything of latinum yeah any kind of latinum is fine or or if you just want to write us a letter and just talk to us about star trek and you know your thoughts on it you can do that too entering in coordinates to the lone star station p.o box 2455 azel texas that's a-z-l-e 76098 anyways guys thank you for engaging with us today and as always may you boldly go and make it so 